Professor Peter Lynham, are you there? I am here, yes indeed. How are you going? Uh, well, it's a windy day. I've made it, walked into town and walked back. All good. Fantastic. And look, we're talking about something which seems like it should be a lot bigger news than it has been. Yes, a parliament of religions. A world's <laughs> parliament of religions, to say the full title of it. A world That's parliament of religions. Yes. <laughs> That should be sensational. Of course, it does raise a few questions about how many seats you would give to each religion. Yeah. Do they have an election? What? How on earth do they get to be represented in such an occasion? I just think it's amazing because it seems like such a huge thing, yet this is the first I've heard anything about it. I thought it was just an expo by the look of the website, but I might be wrong. And, and of course, the fact is that originally it was exactly an expo because the first... Parliament of the World's Religions was held back in 1893 in Chicago as part of the Chicago World's Fair. Right. So, I mean, it, it was a bit of an expo. And <laughs> what was intriguing about it was that people, given that it was a very colonial world in those days, mm. people came from India and from China representing religions that weren't entirely respectable in that period in the USA anyway um, and turned up and had their say at this well it was a huge talk fest I guess. Mm. So um, at this stage would you say that it's like a bit of a conference? <laughs> well yes I think so. Um, it, in 1993, they decided to revive it on the 100th anniversary, and since then it seems to be meeting in different places every five years or so. It's back in Chicago this year, and effectively it is a talk fest, but it's been trying to find things that maybe if the religions would only agree on some subjects instead of disagree, then we could see some progress on major issues. So back in 1993, they came up with the idea that all the religions of the world might be able to agree on what they believe, but they probably could agree on what they thought was right and wrong, and that maybe what this world really needs is a bit of a steer as to ethics. So they started work on producing a global ethic, which sounds a great idea. They haven't actually finished the task and this is 30 years later, so it's not as easy as it quite seems, mm -hmm. it would be. Um, but over the course of the, um, the five days they've had in Chicago, they finished at the end of last week, um, they did consider a, a whole variety of ethical and practical issues, and they held a big, big demonstration walking through the streets, and they did hold very, very useful sessions on religion and science that, that, that interested people a lot. Part of it, though, was just kind of 212 religions. You know, everybody wants their, their, their chance to talk. Mm. Right. And uh, actually, that did get a bit delicate because there was one Hindu woman um, who turned up who had expressed... Uh, very forcibly earlier in the year 
the support of Hindutva, the, the attitude that we've talked about in the past about you know intense Hindu nationalism right. that yeah. has no room for anybody else. And she was invited to be a speaker, and then she was uninvited at the last moment, um, causing a bit of offence to other Hindus. Mm. Um, and then there's well, you can imagine that with an event like this, there was there's a fair measure of what I call nussy stuff. You know, so people want to dress up showing all the symbols of the world's religions all over their bodies. Yeah. Um, and uh, you may have seen there's some, there's some rather hilarious pictures of um, kind of crazy people wandering the convention halls <laughs> talking through their ideas. Um, I don't think, well, I don't even know what the value of this is in some ways. Yeah. But... On the other hand, see, it is a very interesting thing that religions are always associated with division rather than unification. And so there's a fair bit of of sort of, well, they have to kind of counter that kind of impression of religion. Which is why they're coming together and seeing if there's any common ground among the thousands of religions. Right. Yes. And I think in some areas, um, and I've read several reports on this, but not many, because as you say, there hasn't been a huge amount of news, Mm. um, mostly on various religious and interfaith websites. There's more discussion of it. And there, what you can see is, actually, religions can find common ground Mm. when they're facing urgent global issues. Mm. Interesting. But then you have to ask, you know, like the issue of climate change, mm. what what does religion give that, you know, a general global discussion on climate change wouldn't give? I mean, I feel like if you're bringing these communities together to target these huge world issues, that's always going to be a positive thing if everyone is kind of on the same page about the issues being but, real I mean, and to, to try and get everyone on the same page at the same time, I feel like some people are probably at the back of the hall being like, fuck, I've got to like give up like one of my <laughs> own beliefs just to do this shit. Which is why they address ethical issues and topical issues rather than belief issues. Right. But it is interesting because um, the, the, the Secretary General of the United Nations was there and you know, a number of big community organisations were represented. But there was no Pope, there was no mm-hmm. chief rabbi, you know. So um, the, the the religious organisations, insofar as they have organisations, yeah. only the little ones turned up mm-hmm. in, okay. in big numbers. I mean, of course there were Catholics, and of course there were, there were, were Jews there. Dalai Lama? But they weren't... The Dalai Lama was not there. Oh. Well, I think we could probably let him off on the on the count of his age. Oh, fair um, enough. <laughs> maybe the Pope too could be excused <laughs> on that basis. Sure, surely be. the Dalai yeah. Lama would still be keen for a party over in Chicago, especially um, over four yeah, days. Probably, probably. And they could have had a geriatric section where they could have <laughs> a lot of the world uh, religious leaders could have got together. Yeah, yeah, of <laughs> course. that possibility. Yeah. Um, I think that part of the issue is that the Parliament of the World's Religions is kind of very deeply connected to an interfaith logic. Right. And the interfaith logic, which, I mean, we see this in New Zealand as well, is that there's one group 
of religious believers who say, we've got to learn to work together. We're going to be together for a long time. And so we'd better work out uh, how to do it. Mm. And they're, they're humoured by their fellow believers. But no, no principal religion that I can think of has thrown its weight, the Dalai Lama might be the exception, has thrown its weight behind significant religious dialogue. Yeah. Mm. But then, I mean, it's probably a lot more amicable than the United Nations usually is. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I think going into something like this, you have to assume a certain level of, like, open-mindedness because, as you yeah, said before, yeah. they're not in there to discuss belief systems. They're in there to see how they can use their individual belief systems in a constructive mm-hmm. way to target these other issues, which is, I mean, which is really great thing and, on and paper. It's, and it's not going to be like the United Nations where every single country has their <laughs> own political shit going on. Yeah, so. it's their own yeah. agenda. Yeah. Right. Mm. And one, one of the things one might hope in a parliament of religions is that out of the home country, you might be able to talk about some of the nasty things that are happening, like mm. the Muslim slaughter of um, Christians last mm. week in Pakistan, or like the tensions in India yeah. between um, Christians and Muslims c- compared to Hindus. I mean, there's plenty of places where actually there's work to be done. Yeah. And maybe an interfaith context could be to do it. But I think what this thing calls for is quite courageous efforts to stop the talk fest, yes. which makes it very like the United Nations. And says, Stead says, can we face up to our own troubles? Yes. And I think that's what's needed. Definitely. Now, would this be something that you would ever be interested in trying to go to? I was so sorry. Nobody offered me a free fare to it. It what? was very disappointing, I'd have to say. Um, um, well, you know, I guess I'm always interested in the historical significance of yeah. these events. And if I think a big event with great historical significance is happening, I want to be there. I tend to think that this is not that sort of event. Okay. I mean, I think maybe the first one was in 1893, but that wasn't, I didn't have tickets for that one. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, it would be very interesting if your primary concern was to kind of know a little about a lot of religions. Yes. And I um, think, and, oh no, sorry, after you. Yeah, well, well. There you could get it directly from the from if, if you pardon the expression the horse's mouth, mm. um, and that would be good because I mean a lot of the troubles of this world come from us accepting secondary opinions that aren't actually all that well informed. And on religion, it's mighty easy to be misinformed about another religion. Of course, and so it's a so, good opportunity for them to. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good opportunity. But I guess I, if I was going along, I just want to do lots of interviews and discussions and I would probably skip all the formal sessions yeah. in favour of, of just conversation because I think that's going to be the most useful thing about the whole event. Okay, well, thank you so much, Professor. We will talk pleasure. to you next yeah. week back with Johnny. Yeah, uh, thank good. you so much. I See enjoyed you. it. Very good. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,